0: Actor Steve Railsback was studying at the actor's studio when the Manson family murders took place in August of 1969. Seven years later, a television audience of more than 100 million people would witness his searing portrayal of Manson in the film Helter Skelter. Railsback's entry into the film industry was meteoric, having been recruited by none other than Elia Kazan for a film titled The Visitor but Helter Skelter remains the film for which he is perhaps best known, though he has done equally impressive work in films like The Man, opposite Peter O'Toole, Life Force, for director Toby Hooper, and the title role of Ed Gein, which he also produced. Mr. Railsback gave us insights into how he approached the role of Manson, his life-enriching relationship with Elia Kazan, and his depth of passion for the craft of acting. During the interview, you'll also hear stories about the director of Helter Skelter, Tom Grise, as he would die not long after it was aired. Coincidentally, his son, actor Dan Grise, came up in Episode 2 of our Tinseltown Tragedy series. He was the near witness to the murder of actress Krista Helm and the Hollywood Hills in 1977, one year after the premiere of Helter Skelter and shortly following his father's death.
1: From the crimes that horrified the world <gasps> oh
2: my God,
1: from the best-selling book that revealed every true and bloody detail now comes the motion picture that has already shocked 100
0: million americans
1: his family, and their legacy of Helter Skelter. Now, Lorimar Productions brings to full life Helter Skelter, the number one bestseller, the true story of the Charles Manson murders.
2: I just kept stabbing her to she stop screaming. I just wanted them to stop.
3: If you don't stop, I'll have you removed. I've got a little system. Call the next witness. Get the come, kids! Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Sharon Tate, Jay Sebring, Abigail Folger, Wojciech Frykowski, Stephen Parent, Lino LaBianca, and Rosemary LaBianca are not here with us now in this courtroom. But from their graves, they cry out for justice.
2: You have just judged yourself.
1: You the world had never before witnessed anything like the Manson family. And God help us all, if there's anything like it ever again. You say they are just a few?
3: Well, there are many, many more. And they're running in the streets. They're all running in the same direction.
2: and They're running right at you.
0: Helter Skelter,
1: the true story, the whole story. So, I guess to start out with, this is we're celebrating the the 40th anniversary of Helter Skelter, in, in which you starred. Um, so, a good place to start might be where you were when the actual events took place. I would imagine you were studying in New York City at the time.
4: I was in, I was living in New York. Yeah, had been. Yeah. Uh, Uh, for a while and and it was a terrible thing yeah
1: so you have do you have memories of when that story first broke
4: I I remember uh, where I was I was at Sheridan Square uh, where you buy newspapers bought newspapers at the time I just bought the newspaper and I saw it I went oh gosh Mm -hmm. and that's uh Basically, you know, it, it was all over the papers and stuff.
1: Yeah. But in ter- in terms of your journey, let's talk a little bit about your journey to Helter Skelter, because you were you're were studying with the Actors Studio. Um, I was a member of
4: the Actors Studio. and still am. Once you're a member, you're a lifetime member. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So your uh, how did Kazan come into your life?
4: Thank God he did this. What an incredible man. I'd been doing a lot of plays in New York, a lot of plays. And uh, I'll tell you the story real quick. Uh, sure. I, was, I, for the, I hadn't been home in three and a half years, but I decided to go home for Christmas. Uh, to Texas and so I did and while I was the phone rang one day it was a Wednesday this is important it was a Wednesday and the guy on the other end said uh, "It's Steve Rells back there and I said "Uh, yeah this is him he said but this is Kazan from New York and I let him talk for about 15 seconds 20 seconds and then finally I said okay who's this really you know, I thought it was a friend of mine calling out, pretending to be yeah. some, you know. I mean, Ilya Kazan was a... So, yeah, anyway. So, I must have changed about 20 different colors. It was a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Thursday was New Year's uh, uh, Eve, and Friday was New Year's Day. And he said... Uh, Well, I'm doing this movie, and uh, uh, somebody mentioned your name. And uh, I'm not off to the part. I just want to meet you. And uh, he said, listen, uh, uh, when are you coming back? I said, tonight. He said, no, no, no. Stay home. Spend New Year's Eve with your family. And then on New Year's Day, you come back, and here's my phone number. He gave me his phone number and call me when you land in New York. And I did. And then he said, asked me if I wanted to come in, uh, to meet him in his office on Saturday. And I did that. We talked for like three hours. Hmm. And uh, he did that with everybody, but I didn't know that. But we talked for three hours. Then I did, he asked me if I'd do an improv with him uh, with at the studio on Monday. And I said, yeah, And I did this improv. And on Wednesday he called me and said I had to lead in this movie. It was, it was, it, it, it's fake. I, I don't know what it is. I really don't have a clue. But that man was there for me in the good times, the bad times and the good times. He was he was always there for me.
1: Yeah.
4: Uh, I'm not talking, I'm talking about after the film, after we made the film. You know, um, Well, I mean, he's he,
1: – uh, just from a, a movie a movie fan standpoint, I, I mean, it's obvious that he he loved actors. I mean, he he was – He he's was the greatest actor's
4: director to ever live.
1: Yes. Yeah. And why was that in your ex- experience with him?
4: Because he spoke in specifics. An actor cannot act generalities. I never heard a generality come out of his mouth. And I was with him all the time for years. I'd finish a movie here and fly there just to be with him. Yeah, he, uh, he, he never spoke in general terms. But an actor can't act a general generality. So anyway, yeah. uh, look at who he gave their first opportunity to. <laughs> Look at the long list, and uh, but he ne he was he became like my father. He was just there for me. He was there for me all the time, and I miss him a lot. In that
1: in that film, uh, what do you did he bring something out of you that su- surprised even you?
4: No, what he did was in that three-hour conversation, he knew more about me than I knew about myself, if you know what I'm saying. Hmm. There was a reason for that three-hour conversation. I didn't know that until later. Because he would walk up and whisper something in my ear that would be a specific to me. Wow. And to somebody else, a specific to them. You know, and he mm-hmm. so he knew so much about me. He knew what made me tick. He knew what made, you know, so he'd whisper something in my ear, a word. Uh, not much more, you know, two or three words, whatever, one word, you know. But it was specific, specific, specific. And it was to me. It was, and it was specific to me. Does that make sense? You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I know, absolutely. And, you know, you would think, uh, I mean, that's a good point to bring up because I I think a a lot of great directors uh, understand, have a natural empathy, and same with actors, and understand people. They understand human behavior and desires and the human makeup. I mean, they're students of that. That's that's an artist, Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm hmm. Uh, so, so um, w- to get to Helter Skelter, which came a few years later, th- that opportunity came about for, from an audition, didn't? it?
4: Helter Skelter came about. Let's see. I'd been. Uh, I went back. I, I. I did a couple more movies, uh, uh, but but God, I was always with Kazan. But uh, uh, I was doing a play on Broadway and uh, Skin of Our and uh I got this call from somebody that said, uh, "Do you wanna come out uh and uh, you should come out and and uh well dyhel skelter whatever so i I, I did I, uh, I drove across country in my closest friend's car, Lane Smith. I don't know if you remember Lane, but one of our great actors passed away. Uh, and um, uh, let's see, um, I got in there. I walked. I walked in. I don't know. You know, there's a, there, when you walk off a Broadway stage, it's not arrogance. It's not that. There's a confidence that comes from that, uh, from walking off a stage, any stage, because. Your imagination is just flowing, mm. so I went in and I read uh, a piece the court of paper page. yeah, uh-huh, yeah. so a piece of paper, and I got a call a couple of days later asked offered me to part. and there were a lot of people, my God, a lot of people.
1: Uh, yeah, and, it's interesting because there, there's a there's actually a story uh, about the number of people that they, that wanted that part. And and I actually read something, I don't know if it's a rumor or not, that they had approached Martin Scorsese at one point before they started auditioning for it. Have you heard that before?
4: No, no. I, I know Martin Sheen wanted to play the part. Wow. I, wow. I didn't know about Scorsese. Hmm. Well, why did they approach him? Was he acting then? Uh,
1: no, I, I, that was actually the year that he acted for the first time in in Taxi Driver. But uh, I, I guess they just saw his look at <laughs> approached oh, him. Oh, I, the I have
4: no idea. It's very possible. I have no idea. But, but so you, that, felt, but that, you, very you felt that
1: this was a coveted role,
4: though, obviously. Yeah, I did. But i tell you, and this is how Kazan comes back in my life. He's always there. I actually turned it down. And uh, I don't know why. I, uh, you know, I just, the, my confidence level was so high. Uh, and uh, I got this phone call. Appear- uh, Kazan was out here uh, uh, casting a... Uh, God, my mind went blank. The film he did with De Niro, Um
1: last, last Tycoon.
4: Yeah, he was out here casting Last Tycoon, and, and uh, I got this phone call from Irene, his, his longtime secretary, and she said, uh, Steve, she said, uh, Mr. Kazan's on the phone, and he'd like to talk to you. And I said, okay. I said, yeah. And he got on the phone. He said, how you doing? I said, fine. He said, uh... How'd the play go? I said, Oh, it went great. And uh, I thought it went really good. And uh, he said, uh, That's crazy. He said, So what are you up to? And I said, Well, well I want to play this uh, Manson, uh, about Manson. And uh, he said, So? I said, Oh, I, I don't know. I'm I typing or whatever. I, I don't know why. I, I, I just said, No. He said, well, that's stupid. That's the Hollywood term. He said, Listen to me. Uh, who's your accident? I said, A, guy named, a man named uh, Tom Grice. And he goes, Tom, Tom Grice? Grice, Tom, Tom. He says, No, I don't know. He says, Tom Grice. He says, oh, my God, Tom Grice. He says, You've got to do it. He says, He's, he's incredible. You've got to do it. If you want to, he says, come by the studio. We'll go through the strip. We'll, page by page, but you've got to do it. You've got to do it. I said, God damn. I said, you feel like that? I'm doing it. <laughs> so I, I hung up from him, and I called up Tommy. I said, I want to do it. I'm doing it. And wow. about five weeks later, I'm on the set with Tommy, and we're sitting in director's chairs and we're talking. He starts to laugh, and he said, did Kazan call you? I said, yeah. He says, "You know, we've been friends for 25 years." I called him up. I said, "Would you call this fucking kid up and tell him <laughs> to do this damn part?" So the whole thing was an act. But that's wow. what I mean. He came. He's always there for me. You know, and and Kazan, and and <laughs> by the way, he was right about Tommy Grice. I love Tommy, but but uh, uh, he yeah and, and 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 i i you got to remember back then there was only abc NBC, cbs who did the show, cbs yeah and and two independents there weren't 500 channels so you you'd never get the ratings we got but with 500 cha- you know 500 channels there was only those and over 100 million people watched it and um well, wow. you know. Uh, well, let me ask you this I'm about television,
1: Be- because I mean, in terms of actors today, te- I mean, television at one point had this kind of stigma attached to it, as far as actors and and Hollywood-level creative talent. But but now, I mean, it's it's uh, just a feast of great uh, great material. At that time you were uh you had a thriving stage career, you were in, in movies, you work with Kazan. Uh, I, I don't did, think did you, you have any things. of those feelings about no. T V?
4: No. I don't think about those things and I I think people were starting to lay off of that. After a while, you know, it did it never occurred to me. I just yeah. love acting. I love the work I, I I love this work. I love a craft. I love this craft. And, you know, people see uh, Manson because they see me and they see Manson and this and that, but they don't know. I take a negative. I cannot act. It's impossible to act negative. I can only act a positive. So I have to, so that's where the, the craft comes in, choices, choices, choices. And I'm acting a positive. You may think I'm talking about something like in the speech. I'm talking about uh, these, uh, all these things. Uh, you have no idea what I'm thinking and talking about. And it has nothing to do with that.
2: Mm.
4: What it really had to do with, I was talking about actors. And you have no right, no right to take their talent away. A snide remark. Uh, and you don't have a right to take yeah. their gift away. So my that's where my passion is. So my passion comes out of that. It comes out of choices. Now, the choices have a through line. I know who it was that was Uh, in New York, two two people that were trying to take my confidence away because one was jealousy, the other was something uh, stupid. Uh, uh, And they were the ones that were putting me on trial. And I couldn't do anything about it. I said, go for it. It's okay. You see, what I'm getting to is I was telling them in this speech that you have no right to do that to anybody, but you see Manson, but that's where the passion comes through, yeah. you know, and then you have a through line. I've got a through line when I know who it is just doing this to me and. And, and all this, that's my through line. And in that through line, I make choices, 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 choices. I act the positive, because how can you act the negative? You can't. There are people that may try, but it's bullshit. I never went to
3: school. So I never learned how to read or write
4: too good. And I
3: stayed in jail and I stayed stupid. And I stayed a child while I watched your world grow up. And then I look at what you do, and I don't understand. You eat meat, and you kill things that are better than you are. And then you say how bad, or even killers, your children are. These children had come at you with knives. They're your children. You taught them, I didn't teach them. I just tried to help them stand up. The people you call my family were people you didn't want. People alongside the road that their parents had kicked out. So I took them to my garbage dump and I fed them. And I've taught them that in love there's no wrong. I can't dislike you, but I can say this to you. It's not going to be long before you all kill yourselves because you're all crazy and you can project it back on me. But I'm only what lives in each and every one of you. My father's a jailhouse. My father's your system. I'm a reflection of you. I'm what you made me. I've ate out of your garbage cans to stay out of jail. I've worn your secondhand clothes. I've tried my best to get along in your world. And now you say you wanna kill me. And I look at you and I say to myself, you wanna kill me. I'm already dead. I have been all my life. I spent 23 years in tombs that you built. Sometimes I want to give it all back to you. Sometimes I just want to jump on you and let you shoot me. If I could, I'd grab this microphone. I'd beat your brains out with it, because that's what you deserve. That's what you deserve. These children. Everything they've done, they've done for the love of brother. Is that a conspiracy? Is it a conspiracy that the music is telling the youth to rise up against the establishment because the establishment is rapidly destroying things? Is that a conspiracy? The music speaks to you every day, but you're too deaf, dumb and blind to listen. It's not my conspiracy. It's not my music. I hear what it relates. It's this rise, it's this kill. Why blame it on me? I didn't write the music. How can you blame what you do on your children? And what about your children, huh? What about them? You say they're just a few? Well, there are many, many more. And they're running in the streets. They're all running in the same direction. And they're running right at you.
1: Well, I understand what you're saying. And and that's, that's a... That's a part – because you, 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 actors – and I know that you feel the same way. Actors always talk about the, the importance of not judging your character because even, Never judge a
4: character. Never. Yeah,
1: even if you play a villain, I mean the villain is the hero of his own story. I mean
4: he, he can do Yes, some well, you can there. do that. Yes, but you can also play a positive. Make that villain a positive. Make it personal. And, and, and you can do it that way too. You can also rationalize anything. Mm. I'm just not into rationalizing negativity. Right, right. Uh but I will make you believe it. I will I'll put everything I've got into it.
1: And so can you can you tell me the process by which you came to understand how you would approach Manson? I just
4: told you. Okay. <laughs> it hit me one day why I was going on trial. Well, I knew who it was that was doing it. It came down to this. They got me. They put me up here. They want me to defend myself, this and that. They want to take it all away from me, all my confidence, all my this and that, everything. Nothing I can do. Go ahead. Do it. And then I make choices within that. And um, so when I gave that speech, I was talking to them, and I was talking about actors who I adore, by the way, I respect. But I I was talking about don't ever try to take their gift away. You have no right. It's theirs. And you, if I could, I'd take this microphone and I'd beat your brains out with it. You understand what
2: I'm saying? Yeah, yeah.
4: It's not about, it's about the point I'm trying to make. Who do you think you are? I always make choices. Acting to me is about choices. Choices, 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 choices. And it's a craft. It's a craft that, you know. I was teaching for a little while, and I'd stop, but I was teaching for a little while, and I'd get up and I'd make a speech, and I'd say, I will never hurt you, I will never lie to you, and I will never ask you to do anything I haven't done thousands of times. Mm. You know, this is a craft. I learned that I was, I'm so fortunate as a human being. I, I When I first got to New York, September the 28th, 1967, I I woke up, to, I stayed at a place called the Hotel of and it was raining, by the way, that night, but I I, um, I went downstairs to the telephone, they had telephone booths back then, and uh, people won't remember those, but uh, <laughs> I uh, went through the yellow pages, and I was looking under T for uh, theater or D for drama, I wasn't sure, I was looking for an acting class, and I found one, and it was, uh, that that sounds interesting it was on the 8th floor Carnegie Hall fake 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 it was on the 8th floor Carnegie Hall but that's not what got me it was the place I mean the this uh, Mm -hmm. this this teacher this uh, teacher and I went and I was there for about three weeks and I, I something hit me I'd never been in a class But something hit me that was very general. Now, I found out that Lee Strasberg taught his private classes on the 10th floor of Carnegie Hall. Now, what are the odds of me going through the Yellow Pages and picking a school that was on the 8th floor of Carnegie Hall, and (laughs) Lee Strasberg happened to be on the 10th floor? What are the – that's fake faith, faith, faith. I really believe in faith. And yeah. and so I'd left that class, but I'd sneak upstairs, and the door would be a little bit open, I'd just listen to what Lee was saying, because I knew at least I was, before, and I was just listening. And somebody came up to me, his name was Walter Lott, who became a big influence on me, but Walter Lott came up to me. He was a member mm-hmm. of the Actors Studio, and he was um, helping Lee out, and he was Uh, secretary of his class and he came up and he says "Uh, you know I've noticed you out here uh, just listening Uh, you know you're not really supposed to do that he said let me tell you how to get into the class you may not get in but I'll, I'll tell you what you do you have a snapshot taken it's a snapshot and then you write a letter and he gave me Lee's address he says you write a letter to Lee and you tell him why you want to study with Lee Strasberg? In other words, Lee as opposed to somebody else. Why do you want to study with Lee? And he gave me his address and I wrote this letter. I don't remember what I wrote in the letter, but I know it came from my heart. He called me. His secretary called me and said Lee wanted to meet with me at his brownstone. And I went there and... uh, we talked for a few minutes, and he says, I want you to come to my class. But, it, you know, and and then it started. But the point is, what are the odds of all the schools and all the places I could have studied that I picked a place on the eighth floor of Carnegie Hall, not even knowing or having a clue that Lee was on the tenth floor of Carnegie Hall? Mm. It's fate, it has to be fate. I mean, my God, there's a million places you can study. it's fate, and I started studying with Lee, oh, and it was special, and I started learning this craft, this craft, and it's not about the Tuesday, the, the 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 days the class were in the day, it's it's not about the two days a week. It's not about that. It's about every day. You live it. You sleep it. You, yeah, it's, you, you, that's all you do. I'd walk down the street doing these exercises. I did them 24-7. I mean, I lived it. It was my life just doing these exercises. I can't get people to do them. They they have problems with them doing it in a the classroom, but they and then they go home and they don't do anything. You got to you got to want something so bad that you do it every day. You live it, and every night you live it, or don't do it, especially this business. So I I
1: oh. Give me an example because I have, I have a great interest in acting, um, and I've read the you know I've read the the trilogy of Slovsky books, and I've I've done a lot of local acting and so forth, um, and I'm always curious about the Actor Studio and, and Lee Strasberg's teaching methods in particular. Give me an example of
4: a lesson. Well, actually, Kazan founded about. the studio. Kazan and and uh, uh, Cheryl Crawford. And and, uh, they founded the studio but but that's not the point Uh, uh, Lee came in in 52 and became Lee's school Lee Lee had the greatest eye in the world he could see things and I'm watching a scene being done this is after I got the studio I'm I'm watching a scene being done and I would totally miss it and everybody else would too He he has an eye that would point right in and pick up something you couldn't, nobody else could even see that was so important for that actor
1: mm.
4: in that thing. You understand? Yeah. He had a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant eye. And
1: uh, just to get back to Hulter-Sculter for just a second, um, the, the uh, you didn't meet with Manson because that would have affected you. No, the
4: performance. they asked me to. They asked me to if I wanted to meet him because they had set it up. And I said, no, because I didn't want him to manipulate me into thinking he was something he wasn't. Mm. I didn't want his interference. My point was, I already made my, I made my choices and, 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 you know, I I have a certain way of work and I don't need his influence. I don't need him. Uh, That's not, you know, that's my whole life. You know, my mother, i got to tell you this. This is. I'm looking at this book right now. My mother was a wonderful lady. And when I was 14, I was so – I would watch a film, you see, and I'd always wonder, how did that actually get to there? How did uh, Paul Newman and Todd re- reach those emotional moments? Where do they come from? Are they acting or are they this or are they that or that? So when I was fourteen, I went to the school. There was a local small college in Wichita Falls, Texas, uh, called Midwestern University, and I I got this book. There's a lot of nickels on this on this book. I uh, got it from the library. And hello. It's uh, uh, building the character, Stanislavski. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, the things that I underlined in this ad at 14. You know, uh, I just go back and I look at the underlinings, what I underlined. I don't know. It's just interesting, too. But when my mother passed away, it was in a box. She had saved it all these years for me. It was so special. Um, I don't know. I keep getting off subject here. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay.
1: And you still have that book, that same book.
4: I was just had it in my hand. I was re. I was looking oh. at it.
2: My hand.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: My mother saved it for me.
1: We we brought up Manson, but uh, did you hear from him or anyone associated with him after the movie about your the film or your
4: performance? No. In it? okay no, no, i didn't uh, uh uh I mean national enquirer put something in about having to drag him away, you know that's all bullshit uh, uh you know uh but um,
1: but did um, you notice because you i mean you're saying that this the i mean the movie was seen by hundred million people it was one of the still one of the most watched. Non-sport yeah, television events in history. Uh, I mean, with that many people have eyes on you, did you notice a difference after that uh, show aired
4: to how people broke oh, you? Or? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it was great. The exposure was incredible. But you see, there's Kazan coming back in. He always. I just love that. I'm sorry, I can't. Uh, and, and and Tommy, I've got to tell you, I, before I did the speech, I passed by Tommy, and I just, just said real low, I said, watch me on this, Tommy, because I don't know what's going to happen. And I didn't. I just knew what I was going to do, but I didn't know what was going to happen. We did it in one take, actually, with three cameras, and that would only happen, that would only happen... Uh uh I have no idea how that how It just happened. Uh you know, usually it would never happen like that. It ends when I stand up uh, yeah. to go to the girl. And uh I said, Tommy, watch me on this because uh, I don't know what's gonna happen. And he had a great eye, Tommy. And uh I went up and uh I asked everybody if they could uh, please uh, uh, let me, because they were talking, and and, uh, I I have something I have to say. And uh, please let me say it, it's important. And they all sat down, everybody sat down. And Tommy waited about 20 seconds or so, and he called back. And I just heard it. But I knew who I was talking to. You know, I never went to school. I never did this, but I do know. You see, it's all it all fits. You see, but I knew who I was talking to, and it just came. And I I didn't even there were times I'd sit there. I I, I couldn't say a word, and then I just, it just happened. It was a, um, it's one of those rare things that, and I got to tell you, when I stood up and they called cut, I felt like a thousand pounds had been lifted off my soldiers because Mm -hmm. I got it out. I got it out. I got it out. And everybody stood up applauding. There were some people crying. It, 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 anyway, all I cared about was Tommy. And he started bugging. to me. I said, Tommy, come on. Let's go back here. And we went backstage. We were on a Warner Brothers. Uh, they built this cord on a Warner Brothers. And uh, he said, yeah. And he put his arms on my shoulder. And I said, Tommy, tell me. He said, it was brilliant, Steve. It was brilliant. Listen to the response. Oh, and then he said, but Steve, I can't use a foot of it. And I just, I said, why? He said, because Manson will give 100,000 more followers. Mm -hmm. Now, I said, no, wait a minute. I said, I just shook my head. and I just, I don't know how else to do it, Tommy. I don't know how else to do it. And he looked at me, and he looked at me, and he looked at me, and he said, then it stays. Okay. And when they were trying, you know, that you have to cut some, to get it down to where it's four hours, or three hours and nine minutes, so the commercials can come in. They wanted to touch the, the uh, they wanted to cut, uh, somehow touch the, um, uh, take take something out of the speech. To him, he would not let him touch it. Hmm. And this is the same man that said he couldn't use a foot of it. I just love him so much. I miss Tommy. We lost him way too early.
1: Yeah, that was one of the last things he d- he directed before he passed.
4: He he directed Ali after that. But the thing is, yeah. he passed at 53, instant heart hmm. attack, plain. And this is a big man. Uh, you, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, uh, um, uh, playing tennis. Uh, we just lost him way too too early, and I think about him a lot. Wow. Your,
1: um, I want to ask you something because you 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 you, you grew up in Texas. You moved to New York to pursue to pursue your dream. Uh, and and that the the story of of Manson and that whole helter skelter story it encompasses a lot of you know uh, Los Angeles and what's unique about that area. Uh, how do you take to, to the Los Angeles area? I mean, what are your impressions of that environment
4: in general? Well, let me tell you, when I came out here to do this, I uh, I never paid more than a hundred dollars a month for an apartment. You got to understand, they had. <laughs> In New York, they they, they had uh rent control. So I paid $100, $125 a month But anyway, when I came out here, I could not sleep mm. for the first almost week I was out here because, and, and I realized, it's because I was so used to the trucks at night. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. always noise at night in New York. Yeah. there's it, it nothing it's like they rolled up the sidewalks <laughs> you know I couldn't sleep. no Los Angeles didn't come to my mind as far as uh, as far as playing the part but uh, I, I think it started in San Francisco didn't it yes
1: yeah, yeah. So there, there, I mean there's there's I mean, if you go to L.A. today, I mean, the, the, uh, I, I live in Florida, obviously, but the, I just took a trip to L.A. recently, and and the Manson, for lack of a better word, the Manson lore culture, uh, you can still feel it there. I mean, he looms, he looms large in that city.
4: That's uh, sad, isn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. But did you when? Tell me about the aftermath of *Helter Skelter* because this is such an indelible character. I mean, he's America's boogeyman in a lot of
4: ways. Uh, uh, he's he also an do- American hero, which I don't get. I, I, you right. know, not American, but uh, certain people. You know, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Mm. I would never, ever, I don't judge people, but I also don't, I play a positive anyway. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I never judge a character. But Afterwards, I'll tell you everything I think of him. I had to listen to his fucking music. <laughs> all the time. I did. I'd listen to it yeah. Because I, I'd listen for whatever. Fucking awful. But anyway, um, uh, I would never have <laughs> said any of this, by the way, while I was doing it.
1: Right. I'm sure. Uh, yeah.
4: But, uh, uh, Um. What, what did you how just did, ask me?
1: How did playing that role? How did it affect the, the course of your oh, career afterwards?
4: Well, I actually, uh, I was offered every killer in town, whether it was a television or feature. Mm. I was offered it. They offered to Railsback because they that's what they do is they pigeonhole. They love to do that because they they figure oh he can do that but he couldn't do it yeah it, it, it's bullshit these fucking people. But anyway, um, uh, so I I didn't work for close to a year because I turned everything down. Now, I could have had chicken ranch, but no career. Oh, because if you turned something down back then, they they figured you wanted more money. <laughs> so, they'd offer you more money. Mm. I, I'd still turn it down. then and uh, yeah, I didn't want to do it. So anyway, and then uh, stuntman happened. Yeah. Which is my favorite so it's picture. A, it's
1: a good thing you held out. It's a good thing you said no. So so you you could be a Well, I had this thing
4: because I knew in my mind that if I had done this, that's it. I would have been uh, had a lot of money and no career. Yeah. Nothing. So anyway, I, I was then off at Stuntman working with a, one of the most brilliant people we've lost, Peter O'Toole, mm. and the director of that, Richard Rush, is a genius. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, I love that. And then I did from here to Eternity, where I played Robert E. Lee Pruitt, uh, a six-hour miniseries. And uh, things just started happening. You know, but I had to hold out. And when you don't ever have money, much money in your life, it's hard to turn down a whole bunch of money for stupid things, you know. But it wasn't hard because I knew I had to. I didn't have a problem with it because I knew I had to wait it out. I'm glad they liked it so much that they wanted me to do it again. I'm kidding, but <laughs> <laughs> in another thing, you know. Uh, but uh, uh, that's their problem. It's not mine. I'm an actor. That's what I do. I just love it. I thank God every day for for how faith has treated me. How 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 much I've learned. I used. To, the Sam taught me so much. He taught me. I'd go to his farm or I'd go to his t- uh, uh, townhouse in, 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 in New York. We'd just walk. We'd just talk. we just talk about acting, talk about people. And, and he would always talk to people.
2: Yeah. And I,
4: I know why. And I do, too. Because you know something? I don't know it all. And I'll never know it all. And the and then death gets in the way of knowing anymore. That's just a fact. I try to learn something every day, just talking to people, doing whatever. I want to learn everything I can until I can't anymore. Does it make sense? Because you yeah. never stop learning. Once you know it all, that's the beginning of the fall, and that's my expression, and that's a truth.
1: Well, and that's one of the ways that acting is so exciting. Is I mean, it forces you to continue that exploration.
4: I mean, that's
2: what yeah, I give it.
4: Yes. If you don't yeah. believe your own PR, and and you, and you want to keep learning and learning and learning, then.
1: You know, now there's something there's something new, and I know that
4: you, I
1: think you've been involved in it uh, in the past fifteen twenty years. There's been kind of the, the the fan convention, so so people are able to interact with their audience, so to speak, one on one. Have Have you participated in those kinds of conventions? Yeah.
4: Now, I've done about four of them, I think. I I, I like people. I love people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I do panels where I talk about the work. No, but I they're nice people. Yeah, they really are, and I learn a lot from them. What do you What do
1: you think of the 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 craft of film and the craft of acting today, and how it's evolved since when you started?
4: Well, I don't know about the craft of acting because I, 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 I as much as I, I I think a lot less people want to learn a craft as opposed to, but I'm not talking about There's Some great actors out there. Don't get me wrong, but there's also a lot of people that want to just come here. And I think it's reality. I don't know what it is, but they want to learn lines and then say them back to each other. Yeah. That's not what it's about. Uh, And, and uh, what was the other part of the question?
1: No that's essentially it. I mean I, I
4: wanted to know your uh, uh, Yeah. I and I think they the everything's about the future, everything's about this and that. Uh, I I don't know. I some things are good. Uh some things are great by the way. I thought April the was incredible. Yeah. Uh certain certain things are are, are still great.
1: You re- you return to kind of the a, a, a genre role with uh, Ed Gein. Did, didn't you also exec produce that?
4: Yeah. I. They brought me that actually as a uh, slasher movie, and I said, no, I don't want to do it. I said, but if you want to make it a character study, that I'd be interested in. Mm. So they rewrote it, and we shot the ninth draft. And it's all factual. We actually use real footage. And It was taken from all five books written by him. and uh we used some actual footage at the time and uh what was the key to yeah. what
1: was the key to unlocking that character for you?
4: Well you see the thing about Ed Gein is he's still opposite of Manson. Manson's an extrovert. He dies over tape. Uh Ed Gein is a introvert. He can't do it, make a decision for himself without talking to his mother who's dead. And he sees her. But it's all in his mind. Most of that, almost all of that game takes place in his mind. But I wanted to do a character set. So I wanted to show as many colors as I could that made him up. I knew he was schizophrenic. All the the characteristics the the kids, playing cards, goldfish with the kids, all that stuff. I wanted to show all sides. Yeah, that's all I cared about, and uh, I hope I did that. I'm very proud of that performance, I'll be honest with you.
1: You should be. It's a good performance, And, and it's a good performance. It's a great performance because of what you just said, because usually these these kinds of movies, they they want to play up the uh, you know the, the 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 negativity of it. The that they want to separate they these people from actually being human. <laughs> they want to separate they, the humanity. That's
4: exactly from. what they do. They yeah. And they and they want to show blood and all this. Shit. But people may be sick, but they are human. Yeah. And all I wanted to do was just so all colors. And I had the privilege of researching him because it took three months to get the ninth draft. I had to, I researched him uh and and prepped him for uh three months, which is a luxury. Mm. And
1: uh where was he from? Where was that from?
4: Wisconsin. But Wisconsin you know, okay. I, I uh, uh, real quick, I I have a book called DSM three and DSM four too, but I was using DSM three then, and that's what the psychiatrists at UCLA use. And I'm in it, you're in it, everybody's in it somewhere. But um, I was looking under. I, I, they kept referring, and everything I read about him, Betty had a sly smile. And I had, it was killing me, because I didn't know if he was hiding something or, or what what it was. But well, they didn't have a diagnosis for them. But anyway, I was looking at DSM-4, or DSM-3, and, and I was, I uh, found a certain schizophrenia, and it gives you everything about it, read it, and then it gives you characteristics. And I'll never forget this, I was, down and Look at your characteristics, Noah. Huh? It was the third one that said, a sly smile. <clears throat> and I woke up the whole house. I just did a gold mine, <laughs> you know? <laughs> he didn't even know he was doing it. That's what I learned from that. It's part wow. of the schizophrenia he had. He did not even know he was doing it. So it wasn't a. It was. It wasn't. He wasn't hiding anything. To me, that was a gold mine. But you understand what I'm saying? And no, I woke completely. up my house.
1: <clears throat> I woke up my
4: house. I was so happy.
1: Well, that's one of those moments of discovery you live for as an actor.
4: When a the nugget. That's yeah. what you have to look for. Those small. Yeah. I mean, that's not small. That smile, yeah. He knows you know, it was a it was a characteristic of the schizophrenia. It was number three. I just never will forget number threes.
1: <laughs>
4: so, would
1: you would you would you play such indelible characters like this? Is it are they hard to shake off?
4: No, they're not hard to shake off because once I've got somebody, I've got somebody. I had three months to get a game. And uh, a friend of mine was on the set. He'd say he'd watch me. And I'd be in my trailer. And Carrie would come in sometimes. I'd known Carrie for 20 years. And I said, said, Carrie's playing Mama. She was great in it. And uh, uh, he said, he'd notice how the trailer... To go to the farm, you know, shoot at the farm. And about halfway to the farm, he, I'd change into you know, Ed Gein That's what he'd say. But I wouldn't. I, I did. I mean, I, I just knew him. I knew mm-hmm. who he was because of all the research I did.
2: I got blisters on my To the bottom, I go back To the top of this line, where I stop